Hello, beautiful listener. Just a little heads up trigger warning that in this conversation, we discuss matters of death, of life after death. We talk mental illness, anxiety, depression, and suicide. So listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Soul Talk, conversations with fascinating people on their relationship with spirituality. I'm your host, Holly Azapati. Guys, welcome back to another ep of Soul Talk. I'm so excited. I feel like I say that every episode, Uh, but this is going to be a really beautiful, delicious and juicy chat. I'm joined by one of my wonderful friends, Tay. Now, you guys might know her as winner of Love Island. I've never introduced you as that in my fucking life. I'll never do that again. So sorry. I don't even know why it came out and I was like, Holly, this is not okay. But Tay, well, firstly, welcome to Soul Talk. Thanks Thank for coming. Excited. Rather than introducing you as winner of Love Island, because that's definitely not how I know you, can you share with all of us what's inspiring you at the moment? What's lighting you up? Because that matters way more than a title, right? I think so. And I think for me right now, what is kind of inspiring me is learning to let go of control. And I think this year has just completely flipped everything that I thought was important on its ass and gone, actually, no, that's not (laughs) important in life. And even down to the point of I, I kind of look at what things maybe this time last year seemed like they inspired me in terms of going and seeing the the most recent fashion show and that would inspire yeah. me because then I would love fashion and I'd want to do things in that realm and then I would have situations where I would be so excited to go to this event because then I could network to meet these people which were going to levitate and make me higher and get me to where totally. I want to be. And I was like, this is the best thing. I'm so inspired. Whereas now I'm so inspired to go for dinner with my friends because then I get to sit down and have a conversation and actually be in their presence because that was taken away from me for so long. Now I'm inspired to be able to get in a car and drive more than a five kilometer radius and be like, Oh my God, look at this. And look at that. And all those because I didn't realize how much I needed that until it was taken away from me. And I don't think I appreciated the little things as much as I do now. I find this really, this whole conversation inspiring already because what you're recognizing is the joy in the simple things, which we take for granted so often. And I guess that's been a gift of 2020, right? Definitely. And I was even saying to one of my friends who's still in Melbourne, we're having a conversation probably three days ago. And I said, isn't it funny how we would save our money and want to go buy something really materialistic and, but purely to show it off. I said, because since being in lockdown, I've never put a Louis Vuitton bag over my shoulder and been like, oh, my God, this is my favorite bag. I'm like, no, it's not. I just used to put it over my shoulder because I wanted people to know I had a Louis Vuitton bag. Whereas now I'm like, I would rather spend that money and take my five best friends on a holiday and make them have to be in a house with me for an entire week because <laughs> it fulfills me more than this stupid bag that in the, the past I would have spent money on. It's a shift from the surface level stuff to deeper connection, presence with self and really evaluating who you want to be spending your time and your energy with rather than what you want to be spending your money on, which is huge. This is why I love you, Tay, because you're so matter of fact and you just call it as it is. And I mean, we were talking off the channel that it's a birthday coming up. We've got a Sagittarius on the platform. Talk to me about how that plays out into your life. 
It is a nightmare being a Sagittarius because you know you were so annoying and so stubborn at times, but you honestly cannot stop it. It's like I'm so self-aware of what I'm doing. I know I'm being so stubborn. I know I'm wanting to do everything myself. I have a really bad habit of not letting people help me. So I think (laughs) I can cook dinner and my partner will come up and he does it now on purpose just to wind me up and he'll be like, do you need any help? And I just look at him like, get out of this kitchen before I get this pan and hit you with it. But I know I'm being like so annoying and I, I do need help. I'm struggling in this kitchen. There are things burning. There are things beeping. And I'm like, please help me, please help me. He comes in and goes, can I help you? And I just look at him like he's just asked to murder my first child. How dare you offer me assistance in my time of need? Do not think I'm capable of doing this myself. I'm really not. That's so hilarious. Do you, does that what it stems down to you think needing to prove your capability to people I think that's what it is and I think it's just I think I've always been like this as well from such a young Mm. age of wanting to Mm. prove that I don't need help I can always do better and I think that comes into my life of almost a perfectionist kind of nature as well in terms of everything has to be done perfectly but I have to do it I can't go ask someone, oh, how is this going to be made easier? How should I do this? It's kind of a sense of I either do it or I don't do it at all. Do you get satisfaction when you accomplish things on your own without oh, the help no, of I'm others? The world, how amazing I am. Yeah, we <laughs> go. Well, you are pretty amazing. And, I mean, from listeners looking at the outside in, there's so much you've accomplished and achieved and it's easy for people to, I mean, it's another reason why I find you so refreshing is you're honest about the journey and about the struggles and we'll talk more about body image and mental health um, mm-hmm. a little bit later. But I guess for you, there must have been a moment where your life did shift into this, all of a sudden your life was almost owned by public's perception of you. How yeah. have you handled that? I think for me it's been quite a ride in terms of just understanding what is worth my energy and what isn't. When I mm. first got the show there was sort of a period of time where I felt as if I, I lost my voice and it's funny because I actually did lose my voice because I wasn't saying what I felt that I need to get off my chest and that's something that has been with me since I was a child. If I was anxious about something or I had exams coming up or if I was in a fight with my best friend and I wasn't saying it how I felt it, I would just lose my voice straight away. Really? And I, yeah, I got really sick and I probably lost my voice for a good three weeks and then on and off after that because I just felt that I was constantly not wanting to throw not really people under the bus but just didn't want to fuel the fire and I thought Mm. that the the less I talk about situations the less I talk about the show the less I talk about being heard or anything like that then it would just go away quicker but at the same time I wasn't sharing what I obviously needed to share and I was just internalizing it instead and therefore I think there was that battle of well is it worth saying it to do I need to say it just so that I can have some sanity. So yes. it was kind of just learning that, no, I don't need to say it to the media, but I can tell my best friends that I'm hurting and I can tell my best friends that I'm struggling or I can go talk to someone. And I actually did. I went and spoke to um, a lady who helped me in the past who runs a, a company called Life Skills Australia and I kind of just vented everything to her instead. And from then on I felt so much better and I didn't feel like I was keeping it all to myself because I actually did share it, just not in the realm that I thought that I needed to in a way. 
so yeah, I think just being able to openly share my story um, hopefully helps somebody to feel like they're not alone with anxiety or depression or just mental health in general. I definitely feel like 2020 has done, I don't know, I guess it's at first it really hit me in terms of having everything taken away from me and having no control and also not having a plan. So I'm someone where if there's a situation, I have five backup plans to that situation. <laughs> and I, I already know there was even a couple of weeks ago, there was possibilities that my partner might have to change um, football teams. And within that, I had seven plans of what could happen to within that situation. And he's going, we don't have seven plans, <laughs> but I do. So I think for me, it was just having no certainty of what the next day looked like, therefore no certainty of what my plans could look like. And that mm. really, really hit me hard at the beginning. But then I started realizing there was a lot of factors of my anxiety that had been removed as well in terms of, well, I didn't have events to go to. So I didn't have anxiety about going into group situations. I didn't have as much, I guess, um, workload so therefore I didn't have that anxiety of but when do I have time to exercise or when do I have time to do things for myself and all of those things were also taken out of the equation so I don't feel like my anxiety necessarily got worse it just became different and it was an anxiety that I had never had to deal with before so I, I thought that I was really good at now managing my anxiety and then all of a sudden this little friend of mine was like I'm just going to completely change my personality and then now deal with me so it was kind of like dealing with a new side of my anxiety throughout this year so I think I've learned a lot about I guess different anxieties as well because I think you can become very dependent on what you feel and knowing mm. those emotions but then all of a sudden when you have this random emotion and you've never experienced that before or the unknown then you're then having to learn even more about yourself so it's kind of been a blessing in a way. Mm. It's a really interesting conversation Tay. I've never had this conversation with anyone before around uh, something like anxiety adjusting and becoming a different version of itself and as mm. someone like myself I grew up with generalized anxiety disorder and it's something that runs in my family and there have been periods of time where I've experienced panic disorder and it's been panic mm. attacks daily and and I thought at one point that I had fixed it right I'd figured it out and you know <laughs> I was cured. I was cured. I was better. I was genius. I cracked the mental health code, guys. I figured it out. And yesterday, yesterday, I was sitting and like, oh, hello, old friend. I feel the tightness in my chest. I feel the blurriness of vision. I feel that right now I'm anxious. And for me, it's almost like giving myself permission to feel whatever's coming up and not judging myself for that. And I feel like you've had the same. It's like, oh, it's just adapting in a different way. It doesn't mean that I've gotten this wrong or I'm doing anything wrong. It's just adapting according to what I'm going through in my life at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So flashback to when we first met. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was within five minutes I was pulling your cards. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I've gravitated to this energy. She's my best friend. (laughs) It's literally how it happened. I I loved it so much because when people are so open to the spiritual world, it almost instantly takes a barrier down where I don't need to explain myself to, in this example, when I said to you, I'm an intuitive, you're like, sweet, read my cards. Like you weren't like, what do you mean? Like there was no judgment. Has that always been, has spirituality always been a part of your life? 
I think for me it was a conversation that was always open in terms of my mum is quite spiritual as well. So therefore I never felt that judgment. Whereas if I was to go, if I was to have just been raised by my dad, I don't think I would have that um, acceptance of spirituality just because he doesn't believe in it as much as Mm. we do, I guess. So therefore Mm. I think everyone's different. And I think for me, it was always in me, but the fact that my mum was so understanding and open about spirituality that I felt that it was just normal from day one. I never felt that that was something that I was different because I believed in spirituality and the the dead and ghosts and um, Mm. I guess gut feelings and things like that. So because my mum was so open with that stuff, I felt that I could be open with it as well. Mm, and it's been, you have some fascinating stories of loved ones who have passed and yeah. you are quite intuitive by nature. Is there anything that comes to mind that you'd like to share? Any stories you have for us? I have so many stories. Where do I begin? Oh my God, tell us all of them, please. <laughs> for example, that I'm sitting in, this is my um, bedroom in my Perth home. So I obviously live in Melbourne now and I know as soon as I walk into this bedroom that there is a presence in here. My fan goes on randomly. When I'm not even here, my mum will call me and she'll be like, your fan is on, someone's trying to tell you something. And I go, I "I love it. And I feel like it's my grandma in this room. I don't feel it's a negative energy at all. I've kind of known since a young girl that it was that, that grandma sort of energy within this room and I don't feel scared of it or anything like that. Um, It's more just of a a comforting feeling. But in terms of knowing when someone's around, I'll feel it's almost like you feel kind of like a weight on your shoulder a little bit and not Mm -hmm. a heavy weight where you feel like you can't move or walk. It's kind of just like a warm hug in a way. Um, But then I also have other things where I have quite vivid dreams or right before I go to sleep, I'll have a thought. Talk to me, Tay, though, this this pragmatism you have around death being a natural part of life. I know it's going to be triggering for listeners, but you're actually going on. It is a very natural part of life. And, I mean, it's the one thing that every single person has in common, right? And it's also one of those things that I do believe the more spiritually in tune you are, the more connected you are with the afterlife, the more comfortable you can be with that experience, Tell me a little bit more about your, you know, your your relationship with death and loved ones who have passed away. I think when I talk about death with majority of people, they find it quite confronting the way I look at it in terms of I'll just come out with things and be like, well, you're going to die in the next 40 years anyway. And people will just be like, excuse me? And I'm like, mm. well, you're not that age. Like, let's be serious. You are going to die. It's not. Yeah. It's not something we don't know. We know that you're going to die. End of story. And then people become quite confrontational around it in terms of don't put that out into the universe, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, I'm not telling you you're going to die tomorrow. I'm just telling you you're going to die. It's literally a fact of life. (laughs) It's a fact. But I think for me, because I have been able to um, speak to amazing mediums and actually know Mm not what happens after death, but know that their spirits are happy and content and everyone that I've spoken to who has passed away that I maybe in the moment I struggled to understand why they had to pass away or I struggled to understand why that happened to them if they were such a good person or lived such a healthy life and things that are normal questions that you have when someone dies or when you're going through grief were then answered by going and seeing a medium and then in my head it's kind of that acceptance of, 
well, they're okay and they're happy and they're in a better place and therefore I don't think I'm as scared of death as some people Mm -hmm. don't have that thing to believe in. So for people who don't believe in mediums and don't believe in afterlife and things like that, well, to them it could just seem that there is nothing. There's nothing once you die. And that's scary. That's traumatising. I'd be like, oh, my God. Don't talk about this. Disappear. But for me, I do believe that you are reunited with your loved ones and you do get to be in that spiritual realm that you want to be in. So, therefore, Mm -hmm. it doesn't scare me because I'm kind of like, well, I've got amazing people here, but I'm also going to have amazing people in the next life too. So, like, it's win-win. It's you. It, I, I love. I love that you look at it like this because it's rare, Tay. But this is the exact reason that mediums exist. Mediumship is about proving that there is life beyond death. And as energy, energy does not. You cannot kill energy. It just doesn't die. Especially the energy of love, right? And when loved ones pass, they're always around. Like you said, you've got that beautiful grandmother energy in your room. But I'd be interested to know: Are there any ways that you? like purposely connect with loved ones? Is it purely through mediums, like loved ones who have passed yeah, or do you have any other techniques? Yeah, I would say yeah. definitely through mediums has been my um, kind of go-to if I feel that I have questions or I need to talk to someone. Reiki is also a really good one. So mm-hmm. if I'm feeling kind of um, disconnected to myself though, my own auras, then Reiki is where I go to and then I feel like my loved ones come through and help heal me and I also feel them through that too. And usually Reiki people are very intuitive, obviously. So if there Mm. is someone that's trying to communicate to me, they'll pass on those messages as well, whether it be through the Reiki or just in conversation. Um, Mm. So that's also been a really good one. A lot of mediums have told me different things in terms of um, my grandma's a white butterfly. So when I see white butterflies, that's her saying hello. So if I'm feeling like, Maybe I just need a sign. I might go out into nature and just wait for my white butterfly to fly past or just kind of look for those things. And whether it be that it's true or not, it's something that gives me comfort and something I believe in. And I think we just need things to believe in, whether they're true or not. It just gives you that little bit of sanity. It gives you hope, right? Mm. Faith. And exactly. it's interesting, the the nature in which you speak of death is actually, I read somewhere that Buddhist monks often meditate in graveyards and cemeteries wow. to remind themselves of, of death. Like death yeah. is coming every day. We're one day closer to our death. But rather than it being this foreboding thing, it's like take every bloody opportunity you can get. And I know for you, girl, that's the way you live your life, right? (laughs) Definitely. And I think because I've had um, loved ones that were so young pass away and have that real hard hitting reality check of, okay, you can't just see death as old age. Death is Mm. also things that are out of your control at a young age as well, whether it be Mm. suicide or whether it be substance abuse or whether it be that you just have an unfortunate accident that can happen at Mm -hmm. such a young age as well so you can't hold on to that hope of I'm gonna get married and I'm gonna have kids and I'm gonna do this one day and I'm gonna do this one day because you might not actually get to that stepping stone so instead just live kind of in that now and yes there are amazing things to aspire to have and dream and that's maybe what you want from your life but at the same time I have to kind of look at I've been reading or I read and I've been completing the Resilience Project. Have you read that? No, I haven't, but I've heard great things. So it's amazing. And it teaches you, it's basically, there's this little story in there. And what I love about the Resilience Project is it doesn't tell you, do this, do this, do this, you'll be happy. Instead, it just gives you 
a story and then you mm-hmm. kind of take what you want from that story. So there was an instance where he had gone over to India and he'd met this um, little boy who had basically nothing and he was so excited at the fact that he'd had these rusty, probably full of tetanus bars that they saw as their playground and he said to this wow. Australian man, do they have these for the kids back in Australia? Like, did they get a playground too? And he just wanted every child to have what he had, not knowing that Australian children probably have a lot better playgrounds, unfortunately, just because of the economy. And yeah. he he wasn't thinking about himself in that moment. He was thinking about all the other children in the world and wanted them to have that same joy that he had. And then that kind of really resonated in a way of, Instead of always wanting that ideal life, why don't I just be appreciative of what I have right now that someone in another country probably doesn't? So things like that, writing in that gratitude journal each night and figuring out what I am grateful for in that day. And a lot of the time when I flick back, I've noticed that the things that I'm grateful for is quite literally clean water and having a roof over my head and all these little things that you kind of don't appreciate in your day-to-day life, but when you stop at the end of the day and really think about what you are grateful for, then you start to realise that's what you're appreciative of. So that's totally. been a really <laughs> Well, I do think that that's been a real gift of 2020 as well because literally the collective energy of 2020 has been stop, slow, introspect, and have a look at what you already have. And that's exactly what you've just illustrated, Tay, in terms of practicing gratitude for what's in the now. And it's this piece around presence, right? Rather than future projecting or for the most most of us, it's future fearing what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen. It's but what I've got is right now and right now is perfect. It always is because it's it's in the moment. Yeah. Can you share with me ways that you practice presence in your day? Are there any specific things you do outside of your gratitude practice? Um, I think one of probably the biggest things that I try to incorporate into my day is just meditating but in a different way. So I'll do it through mm-hmm. affirmation podcasts and different things like that. So going for a walk with mm-hmm. the dog is something that I know is in my daily schedule every single day. My dog needs to go yes. for a walk. Therefore, that is a habit. Therefore, within that habit, I then make that my time to do my meditating as such and gratitude because then that's when I have time and I know that I can put my headphones in and go for a walk. And sometimes you don't need to have your own thoughts and it can be somebody else's thoughts that trigger your appreciation. So for instance, I put on a gratitude affirmation podcast, put it in, and then it says things like, I am so grateful for the flowers I can smell right now. I'm so grateful for my heart that beats without me having to do anything. And then you're actually listening to it going, wow, I am really grateful for that. And half the time I start crying on my walk because I feel this gratitude of something that's so simple and I'm just overwhelmed by that. And then I I have that kind of gratitude in that moment. Whereas during the day as such, I feel like we're just a lot of the time so fast paced that we just let it kind of slip by and that's okay and that's normal. But just knowing that either in the morning or at nighttime, I have that time that I go, wow, I am grateful for those things. Um, whether it be somebody else's thought that initiated that or not. I love that you started, and I think it was this year, sharing more about your relationship with spirituality, sharing Mm -hmm. your crystals, sharing about your Reiki experiences, sharing about your manifestation practices and being really open about it. And I can only imagine that there would have been a level of resistance given that this isn't mainstream conversation. What prompted you to start to share that despite what, people might think of, I guess, you and these topics? I think for me, the biggest thing that I wanted to 
kind of do with my social media was have a voice. And when I first kind of blew up on social media, I used that voice for things like health and fitness and um, body image and different things like that. But I always felt that I just, and I was talking about my mental health, but I felt like I was kind of always scared that if I shared too much, that then there would be that negative aspect that people might come on top and then ruin that or that I would, mm-hmm. I don't know, almost trigger people maybe or mm-hmm. that I just didn't know how to deliver information in the right way. And then I kind of also had that fear of I had a management at the time that kind of always made me think that, well, if you talk about this and a potential brand might not want to work with you and if you forget mm. this image too much, then you're excluding yourself from this. And I felt this weight on my shoulder all the time of just wanting to please everyone. And sometimes in my head I thought that that meant just maybe silencing the things that pleased me. And then mm. it would have been a, just as COVID hit and just as we went into lockdown, I got a new management and I also just started when I was looking for the management started to reevaluate what I wanted from my socials and what I wanted to be projecting and knowing that if I was going to sign with a new manager, they were going to sign me because this is what I wanted to do with my socials, not because this is what they wanted me to do with my socials. And it was really important for me to portray that message when I was looking for new management. And I've been really lucky to find management now who completely support what I want to be putting out on my socials. And for me, it wasn't always about just talking about mental health. It wasn't just talking about things. It was having a platform where people could literally talk about anything and not be judged on it. And that comes down to spirituality and that comes down to people who don't believe in spirituality. Come tell me why you don't believe in spirituality. I want to listen. I want to hear. And it just kind of opening those doors to creating a space where it's not just fixing your mental health by going to talk to someone. It's, well, I look after my mental health by doing this, 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 and this, and everyone's different. And opening those conversations for people to think that, okay, maybe I can do more than go see my doctor. Or maybe I can do more than just this situation or this situation. So I think, yeah, it was probably COVID kind of hitting and me realizing that I don't give a shit if you're buying the product that I'm putting out or I don't care if (laughs) you are loving this new tanning product or if you were doing this. And I I was looking at all these people's stories that I followed and I was like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I literally don't care. And I was just swiping through all of their stories and them just talking shit. And I just went, oh, my God, this is me. (laughs) I had this realisation of, go away yeah. I started muting people I honestly just sat there and I was like mute you annoy me mute I don't like yeah. content mute and then I was like I want to put out content where I don't get muted I don't want to be muted <laughs> and I just oh. went you know what I want to put out content that, at the time honestly hand on heart I was looking at content and I was like I watched this I listen to oh. this because I resonate with this and I wanted yeah. to put out content where someone can go, I watch this, I listen to this because I resonate with this. And I was like, okay, it's time to not be scared. It's time to put your big girl pants on and just talk about what you want to talk about. Oh, my God, I love you so much. This is why, Tay, <laughs> you're so self-aware and the fact that you recognise that you were going through this muting spree because the people were being mirrors to you yeah. and the triggering of... Uh, 
I've been there too, especially especially 2020, where it's like, oh my god, there's so much noise, and everyone's doing the same stuff. It's like, let's come back to authenticity and what actually matters to me. And I mean, tell me, have people connected with what you're sharing more so because you're being so vulnerable and authentic? Definitely. I think especially the crystals. I thought, I think because people have always said, bless my boyfriend, love him to death, but he honestly calls it witchcraft. He goes, I love that. I know. I love it too because I kind of play on it now. I'm like, <laughs> well, better not piss me off. <laughs> I'm going to cast a spell. telling you next full moon. Um, <laughs> but honestly, no, I think for me it was just kind of getting past that stage of, well, if I share my crystals, are people going to think I'm crazy? And then mm. sharing it that first time and having such a big response of people asking, what does that color do? What does this one do? How do you use your crystals? Do you put them out on full moons? Do you do this? And then actually having conversations back with people that I cared about instead of, where did you get that top from? And I'm totally. like, totally. I it, but thank you. Whereas now, <laughs> I'm, oh my God, I want to talk to you. Let me tell you about my crystals. And oh I was my like, God. And so many people saying things like, I can't believe you wrote back and I can't believe you did this. And I, I kind of in my head was like, well, I'm passionate about it. <laughs> and yeah. if I sent that message, I would have wanted to share what, why I love my crystals or why and then have them to maybe find that as well as something that they use to ground themselves or to feel that kind of hope or strength from something that is quite literally a crystal. Have you always felt this pull to helping people? Because that seems very apparent in your energy. Yes. So when I did this Life Skills Australia course, I learned that I'm a fixer. Oh, well, I mean, not surprised. Not surprised. It can be a good and a bad thing. I think I've just learnt um, that I don't have to fix everyone, which is something that I struggled with for a long time. I gravitated to the broken and I gravitated to warning, like I said, again, no one help me. I can fix you. So totally. it was kind of that, well, I'm not going to give up on you and I'm not going to get myself out of this toxic situation and I'm not going to do this because I'm going to be the person that fixes you and I'm going to tell everyone it was me. <laughs> I think it, it took a long time for me to realise that I can help people without fixing them and I can help people but they have to want to help themselves to get the results it can't be me giving them the result they yes. have to do it and once I kind of understood that from the situation it took a lot of the energy drain and a lot of the stress off me mm, I love that I can help people without fixing them that actually landed really true for me so thank you for sharing that and it's that piece isn't it around you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink so rather than shoving your head in the water going drink 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 I know all the answers let me fix it (laughs) times where I feel myself doing that in terms of being a bigger sister a big sister to my brother I feel like there's times where I just want to be like drink the water Drink the water. I will full speed you water. <laughs> I then have to go, okay, maybe he doesn't want to drink the same water as me. Maybe he wants cordial. And if he wants yes. the cordial, we can have the fucking cordial. <laughs> I'll watch him drink the cordial and I'll judge the, judge the sugar content, but I won't tell him to stop. We'll figure it out. 
the water is better (laughs) exactly exactly i'll just be here like exaggeratingly drinking this water with my glowing skin hoping he'll figure it out on his own um what would you say to anyone listening to the app right now Mm -hmm. and wanting to get started with spirituality connecting more with their soul but not knowing where to go or what to do or where to start what would you say to them i think my first thing would be don't let other people drag you out of what you want to do. So if someone, if you say to someone, oh, I want to go see a medium and they go, that's a load of shit, go, okay, I accept that you think that. But if you know anyone who has been to one, or <laughs> please pass on the number. Yeah, <laughs> and are going to probably shoot that down because a lot of people are closed-minded and a lot of people don't or maybe just aren't ready to accept that. Yes, okay. exactly. So exactly. I think just being persistent um, and also just do your research as well. Don't just go to the first card ready you see at a market because you can have bad experiences as well. And that in, in anything in life, there are people that can take advantage of you. That's the same as mm-hmm. if you go to an accountant, they can take advantage of you. It's the same. Mm-hmm. So just do your research, preferably maybe ask your friends and see if anyone has any recommendations of who they've seen, if it's if it's yes. a meeting that you want to go talk to or someone that's going to do Reiki. I think also um, being open-minded yourself. So if someone is telling you about crystals and you're not feeling it straight away, maybe just be open-minded to there are different ways you can use your crystals and then doing mm. that research. So I think for me it would just be what I kind of learned from the start was it's not an overnight fix and it's not an oh, overnight, oh, my God, I'm going to have a dream tonight and see all the dead people that I've lost. <laughs> and because I'm quite impatient, I think when I was younger, I had like one dream and then all of a sudden I was like, why can't I talk to dead people? And I was so frustrated. <laughs> I love that that's you so many people are like, I don't want to do this work because I don't want to talk to dead people. And you're like, I just want to have the skill now, please. Yeah, I was kind of like, well, why, why is that person able to when I can't? So for me, it was just kind of understanding that there are different levels of it. And for some people, they are intuitive naturally. And for some people, they have to work for that. So just, yeah, not, not hearing my story and going, oh, I want gut feelings. Or, oh, I want to know this or do this. It, it's different for everyone. That's a really good piece of advice, Tay. Really, really important to know that, yes, we all have intuition, all of us. Every single person listening to this, you have intuition, but we access it different ways. We get signs different ways. And yeah. also the skill sets of people that we seek out to guide us, word of mouth is the way to go. And it was our first meeting when I pulled you cards and then we realised that we see the same psychic as well. Exactly. <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're like, oh, wow, this is just- <laughs> We could talk for hours here. <laughs> this is this is some soulmate shit. Um, beautiful. It's been incredible to have this chat with you. Thank you for coming on the show. I want to do some rapid fires before we wrap off. A wrap up, wrap off. But yes, all right, go, go. Oh my God, no, don't worry. It doesn't even have to be rapid. They're just kind of like either ors instead. Okay. First, either or, Reiki or kinesiology? Reiki. Why? I feel like with the kinesiology side of things, I might trigger things myself because I'm overthinking. So if they push on me, I'm kind of like, oh, do I want that to drop? And then ah. I'm myself. And I don't know in my mind whether I did it or my body did it. And therefore I'm 
I'm kind of overanalyzing the situation. Whereas with something like Reiki, I'm asleep most of the time. I don't think I'm controlling what's happening. It's just happening. And I think it also, for me, because my mind doesn't switch off and I do really struggle to have a good night's sleep, when I do something like Reiki, I feel like I've just slept for a week and I feel like I benefit from it more than kinesiology. That's a really good answer. I never thought of it like that, but it's true. Reiki, you're really in that kind of theta brainwave relaxed state, whereas kinesiology can be quite active. Great answer, Tay. Look at you go. (laughs) Nailing it already. Next question is oracle cards or tarot cards? Oracle cards. I've actually never had a tarot reading, so I think that's probably why. My oracle cards are something that I use most days, and I think that I just – maybe trust listening to the universe a bit more in terms mm-hmm. of, yes, the universe after your tarot card's true, but in terms of I don't necessarily want to know what's going to happen in my life. I just want to know that I can take what I want from an oracle card and I can implement mm-hmm. that myself rather than someone telling me what I should be taking from a tarot card. Totally. Tarot is definitely more of a language of its own as opposed to oracle, mm-hmm. which is general messaging. So yeah. bang on, girl. I, I agree with that one. Psychic readings or mediumship readings? Definitely medium. I I don't think I've I've never gone into a psychic and said I'm going to have a psychic reading. Uh, whereas I've gone into a medium and I feel like maybe they've drawn on some psychicness. Um, yeah. But I just think for me, I don't want to know what day I'm going to get married, and I don't want to know what's going to happen on this day, or when I'm going to find the love of my life, or if I'm going to get divorced, or if this is going to happen. I don't know, oh, no. and I don't want to know. I just yeah. want someone who will pass on messages from the people that I love and I trust those messages will only be good ones. Whereas I think for me, the psychicness kind of scares me a little bit because you could find out things that you don't want that could happen. Yes. And they're trying to upset you or not. It might be that they think that that's a positive thing. They might tell you you're going to have three kids and you don't want kids. So that could really trigger you and scare you. Whereas with the medium, I trust it a lot more because I know my grandma wouldn't tell me something I don't want to hear. And I know people that have passed away aren't going to tell me something that I don't want to know. So therefore, I think that's why I like the medium a lot more. There's a deeper trust in connecting with a medium than just a plain psychic. And that's a really good good piece there, Tay, around um, just a fun fact for everyone listening. Not all psychics are mediums. Mediums are a fine-tuned skill set, but all mediums are psychic. So if you see a medium, you know that you can ask for more psychic guidance once the mediumship read is done, whereas if you're seeing just a straight psychic, if they're not a medium, they're not going to be able to have loved ones come through. So that's something yeah. to just think about when you're seeking a reader. I guess we need to do one final piece. What are you manifesting right now in this potent container of manifestation goodness? What are you calling in? There's, there's actually a few things. I keep saying I want a house. So me, my partner owns a house. We were literally about to buy a house just I'm going to say a month ago when we just didn't know what was happening. Potentially he could have been moving. We didn't, yeah, it was just everything was up in the air and we were like, let's just buy a house. Why don't we just do it? And then it just didn't go ahead and now we're just kind of in this space of, oh, well, we're staying in our Melbourne house anyway, whereas I still really want to buy a house and I keep manifesting and saving all of these designs and interiors that I want in my house and I'm like, let me have it. (laughs) Call it in, baby. So I think that's probably the next one on the cards for me. And 
getting back to Melbourne. I am really homesick at the moment and I do really appreciate this time with my family and friends here in Perth, but the manifestation that's happening at the moment is I want to go home. (laughs) Okay, there's this theme around home. There's this theme around the house. Universe, you're listening. It's a manifestation portal. Tay's completed manifestation and magic. She knows her shit. Come on, let's call it in. Let's call it in. Girl, I love you. Thank you for your time and your energy. I just adore you. I feel so amazing every time I talk to you. So I can go conquer the world. Because <laughs> you can. That's why. I'm just mirroring it back to you, baby. <laughs> There's so many things I love about that conversation with Tay. And the first thing is what you see on someone's social, anyone's social, no matter their following or whether they've won Love Island or not is not always what you get. I love that that conversation took the turn of a really pragmatic discussion around death, which, yeah, it's confronting and absolutely triggering, but an important discussion to have, to lean into. I love that we spoke about mental health and our own experiences with anxiety in a way that felt quite empowering rather than debilitating. And I also really find it refreshing that someone with a community as large and as engaged as Tay's, she can look at that and go, no, I actually want to show up truly as who I am. And that means sharing my crystals. That means sharing my my relationship with spirituality. And I'm not sure how many of you listening to this can relate, but I know that when the time came for me to really step more into my relationship with spirituality and my relationship with soul, I was terrified of what other people might think of me. And I didn't have a massive engaged social media platform that kind of was my, you know, my my job at the time where people were telling me how to behave. But I was still scared because what would my friends think? Would they want to be my friend anymore? What would my boyfriend at the time think? I mean, he's now my husband, so <laughs> he didn't leave me. <laughs> But what would the people that I love think of me, let alone strangers on the internet? And I find it really inspiring when people decide, no, I care more about what is true to me and what I know helps me and sharing those messages of hope than what is going to get more engagement on a bloody sponsored post. I'm I'm just, I'm very much in that position right now with Tay as well, to be totally frank with you all. It's been an interesting one for me to navigate the space of being a figure on social media, albeit a much smaller one than Tay, and the potentiality, the potential (laughs) to be a figure in mainstream media as well. And to recognize that a lot of the time people are almost, you create a cookie cutter of a version of somebody uh, that's going to be more palatable, that's going to be more likable, that's going to create more engagement, I say in inverted commas, which in turn is going to sell more of the things. And I had a conversation with my own management at the time that I took six weeks off Instagram. And I said, look, I don't want to be an influencer anymore. I don't want to, I just want, I just want to be me. I believe in, yeah, there are beautiful brands and products I believe in and I'll share them when I want to, but I just want to be able to share from my heart what is true to me. And I love that more and more people with big communities and big followings, inverted commas again, are doing that, especially when it comes to, to soul and to spirit. Because the more that people that we admire step into 
their truth, their essence, and their relationship with soul and spirit, the more that we are able to, and the more that you do, you listening to this, who's going, she's speaking to me right now. The more that you are open and you share freely the things that are true to your heart, regardless of what other people might say about you or think of you, then the more you give permission to others to do the same. And often all we're waiting for is permission, permission to be ourselves and the knowledge that it's safe to do so. And that while, no, you're not going to be for everybody, you are going to be for so many. And especially when you own yourself and your relationship with your soul and with your heart, then above all else, that's what matters. And that's the takeaway that I had from Tay and my discussion today. I hope you enjoyed, Angels. Thank you for listening as always. You've been listening to Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Enjoyed today's app? Remember to share, subscribe, and leave a little rating if you like what you heard. And join us over on Facebook. Just search Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Until next time.